0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of Sound Pollution. This episode features Paul DeMarco. Um, he is going to discuss with us songwriting, co-writing, share a couple of things he's been doing to get through the last year, share a couple tracks with us. Um, make sure you listen to the entirety of this episode. You're not going to want to miss anything in it. It's just fantastic. And I want to thank you again, Paul, for being on the show. Hang on, everybody. So
1: I am here with uh, Paul DeMarco. Why don't you tell my listeners who you are and what you do?
2: Uh, hi, thanks, Ranel. I'm uh, uh, Paul DeMarco. Yeah, so I'm, I'm from the UK. I'm in North Wales, which is a little island uh, at, the top of, uh, at the top of England. And um, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer. And uh, that's what I do. Music's my life. I love it.
1: So what kind of music do you do the most of? Like what
2: type of genre? so that's interesting because over the years i've done lots and lots of different styles um i'm a guitar player you know at heart so it tends to be anything with good guitar so it'll be um blues rock uh and more recently country music i've always listened to country music but more recently i've been writing with country writers over the last couple of years and that's reignited um my love of country which to be honest modern country it's either pop or rock anyway right
1: It really is. It's not like the old school outlaw vibe. No. Uh, Although I I love the outlaw stuff as well. Me too. Me too. Huge Johnny Cash fan. Um, When you say you've been um, riding country and stuff with other people, are you like riding long distance with people right now? Because we're all kind of like away. We have to be away from each other. It sucks.
2: Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, because I'm in the UK, and most of the people that I've ended up writing with are are either in the States uh, or in um, Belgium. I've got a guy I write with in Belgium. Uh, so other parts oh. of Europe uh, and Canada, especially as well. And yeah. um, they're people that I wouldn't be able to get in the room with without, you know, doing it the modern way. So being able to do video rights has been an absolute revelation uh, for me. And I've been able to write with people. Uh, without actually having to make the trip to nashville although that is on the that's on the list
1: (laughs) oh you you have to you have to at
2: least one time absolutely Um, well the thing is i i kind of feel that if i did make when i do make it there i kind of feel like i'm
1: going to want to stay so (laughs) yeah um oh my gosh i'm sorry i don't usually do morning interviews (laughs) (laughs) well well, to
2: be honest uh, to be honest that's been that's been one of the challenges with, with writing online uh, i don't have an issue with doing it over over video messenger um I uh, the people that i write with we do feel like we're in the room it flows the vibes are there and it, it, it's all great uh, one of the biggest challenges if i'm honest has been the time difference between yeah. countries because um uh, most of my writers like i say the, the bulk of them i say are in the states or in canada and um i Uh, You know, I I do music all day as my job, but I also have a family as well. Uh I can't spend my whole evenings uh, every day of the week uh, writing. So I try and make sure that I write around about three, four o'clock. Uh, which is first thing in the morning for most of the people that I write with. So uh, (laughs) so they're very good with me because they're they're happy to get up at uh, half eight in the morning, you know, and and start the write. So I do appreciate that.
1: (laughs) That's that's cool. I know you co-wrote something with my friend Brent, um, who's kind of like my diehard first. He's been there for me since the beginning of this. Why don't you tell us about that song?
2: Yeah, cool. cool. (laughs) Brent is ace and Brent's really good to work with as well because he's totally behind stuff. What I also like about Brent is if he thinks something, he says it. Um, you know, he's not. I don't get offended by stuff. I want to hear I want to hear it straight. So when Brent listens to something, he turns around and goes, uh, yeah, I love it. Or he'll turn around and go, no, it should be this. And I, I love that. That's great uh mm-hmm. so uh, a, a mutual friend of mine and brent's ron hirsch had this idea for a for a song and um ron sent me this little work tape and the lyrics uh for it and the three of us just started working on it together and interestingly the ideas that i had uh that i gave to ron about what i heard happening were the same ideas that brent was hearing and told ron at the same time which is kind of how it worked so me and brent were on the ron started the 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 thing rolling but me and brent were definitely on the same page and um and we started to work on it um uh, i have a studio which i run so i was able to 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 track the song and, and perform it uh and we we did something which i think is really important for songwriters to do and we posted the song on feedback songwriters feedback groups on facebook Oh, really? Yeah. Just to get reactions and thoughts that people said. And one of the things uh, kind of highlighted something I'd already thought, but wasn't sure if it was a big deal. And it was what we were focusing on as the hook wasn't the hook. So we changed things around and the song became Chasing Your Ghost. And, you know, through the song, Chasing Your Ghost wasn't the original hook, but we moved it to where the hook should be. And then uh-huh. that, became that song and it's way more original than what we had. Uh, to begin with anyway so it was cool it's beautiful
1: it's beautiful it's very sad but it's beautiful
3: you don't know how it feels inside this ragged frame if you did you would know Why I feel this pain All my life I've been chasing I've been chasing your goals When all I need Is your love It's what I needed I'm still chasing your ghost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The whipping wind it blows Memories through time. And The fire I've been chasing your goals, and all I need is your love, it's what I needed the most. in your goal.
1: studio so like you have your own studio like in your house or do you have like a studio like what do you mean because I find it different for everybody yeah absolutely absolutely.
2: I've always recorded stuff and my uh my studio has grown over the years different places that I'd lived from uh the corner of a bedroom to the spare bedroom uh to a caravan at one time which I turned into a studio uh but where but where I am now um i've had a a summer house built on the side of the house so a wooden structure uh and uh half of it is is the summer house and uh, the the other half of it uh is, is my studio so i've got it all set up i've got a drum kit i've got all the gear that i need my guitars and everything and um and i have the piece to to work on stuff which is cool
1: that's cool you're independent you're doing this all by yourself in your studio you've got everything what do you like most about it about being in control fully
2: okay well yeah so it's really good and i am i am lucky uh i am blessed although that's come with a lot of hard work that i am able to play the instruments and sing and produce it to a to to a good enough standard uh i've worked hard to get to that point Mm -hmm. what i what i love about it I love the creative side of things. I, I love the writing process. That's great. Being in the room, picking up a guitar and seeing it come together. Uh, that's step one. That feels great. But then being able to then take that uh, to the recording desk and just start tracking it and trying ideas out. Um, and, and that's changed over the years as well uh, with yeah. my use of computers. And um, I resisted computers for a long time because I wanted to train my ears instead of my eyes. I'm glad that I did that. But now, obviously, the, the benefits of computer recording are 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 incredible and it, it allows us to be more creative and work faster and still be organic with with what we're doing. Uh, and then I like working on my own, even though I have no problem with working with others because I can just submerge myself in it. Yes. Um, but at the same time, I, I produce demos for other writers as well. Uh, I'm also not the guy who's like, what do you want? You want this? Okay, record it, send it to them and go, there you go. It's done. Mm. Uh, I still think it's a collaborative thing. So if somebody sends me lyrics and a reference track and they say, okay, I want this to sound like Chris Stapleton, I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, Along the way, I will send them work tapes. I'll send them rough mixes. I'll send them ideas. I want to know, even if they don't play a single instrument, I want to know what they hear, because at the end of the day, they yes. conceived, they conceived the lyric and the idea uh, and, uh, really? and and that's how I like to work. so I kind of work on my own, um, but I've got everybody on the sideline.
1: When did you start doing music?
2: Well, I actually started uh, like I said I'm, I'm a guitar player at heart, but I actually started on keyboards. That was where I where I started. I was a mass- really? yeah, I was a massive Jean-michel Jar fan, the French. Synth. Mm-hmm. Uh, pioneer and um I, I had this yamaha keyboard and um i must have been about uh probably about 10 uh music had always been a big thing in the house my parents were both into music my brother played the saxophone so i was hearing stuff and yeah. there, was always, there was always a guitar in the house and then i got into rock music even though i was listening to this synth stuff and was a massive bon jovi fan and i bought the slippery when wet keyboard book yes but the keyboard book that I got also had guitar chords on it. So I, I wanted I wanted to learn the Pink Flamingos. I wanted to learn all the bits that um, De Bryan was doing. But I saw these guitar chords and I was like, that's cool. What's that? Picked up this acoustic guitar and started trying that. And it was, it changed, you know, all of a sudden I... I, I it just lost, clicked. Yeah, I lost, the, not lost the desire for the piano, but I kind of felt like I'd reached a, a, a bit of a brick wall with the piano. But when I picked up the guitar... Wow, you know, learning Mm -hmm. the opening lines to dead or alive was like, whoa, what's going on? You know, suddenly I felt at home and I was able to then create and um that was that was an amazing thing. So
1: by then I was probably about twelve. Oh wow. So you started playing guitar pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your aha moment? Like there's nothing else I can do. This is it for me. Or did that come kind of later down the line? So I I had
2: kind of like a delayed aha moment because, yes, at that moment, I was like, I love this. This is what I want to do. But like many uh, youngsters who who want to have a career in music, times have changed. And I think if you went to a careers advisor in school now and said, Mm -hmm. I want to be a musician, they'd say, cool. How are you going to go about it? Mm -hmm. When I went to my careers advisor, they were like, oh, OK, but what are you going to do for a job?
1: that's exactly what they told me yeah. like verbatim
2: yeah and it's and it's it's just it's crazy and mm-hmm. then I'm like you no, know this is what I this is what I want to do I don't care whether I'm teaching whether I'm performing whether I'm recording whatever it is I know music and they're like yeah but you're gonna have to have a backup plan and I was like ah. so I kind of faced that discouragement all along so my music continued to be a Uh, a pastime it was a hobby uh i would gig i would even Mm -hmm. teach as well but my job weirdly i was a window cleaner for 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 decades that was my really that's what paid my bills and then about um about 10 years ago i met a woman Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh no i met the woman that's that's the the woman woman. yes i'd I'd been married and divorced had a child Mm -hmm. but then i met the right person Mm-hmm. And, and fee who 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 i'm with now uh one day she I, I used to record a whole album every year of songs just for her it was it was just a thing you know um we we spent because of our circumstances we spent a lot of time apart and eventually we're, we're 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 together properly now uh but in that time i would write something and i would record it for her and every year on what we called our anniversary i'd present her with this with this album that is
1: the sweetest thing but, i've
2: ever heard well, it was I, I didn't realize I was just doing it out of my heart. I didn't realize I was almost yeah. being trained for what was to come. And then one day she's listening to the album and uh, and she just said to me, why aren't you doing this full time? And I'm like, what, what do you mean? Why aren't I doing this full time? She's like, why, why aren't you doing this for a job? This, right. this stuff's her words. This stuff's great. You know, and you're good at doing it. Uh, you're good at teaching it when you teach it. Um, and it seems so natural for you. Why are you cleaning windows? And I said, well, because
1: how do I make this a job? You know, how do I? Yeah, when you've been told from the get-go, it's always something you do on the side. You'll never make anything out of it. You couldn't make a living. You don't don't think about it. And sometimes I think it does take the one person to be like, what are you freaking doing?
2: Yeah, there's a great (laughs) quote I heard from John Lennon. And John Uh Lennon said, every child is an artist until you tell them they're not. Oh, that's so right. And, and I loved it. And so so even though I had the aha moment, this is what I want to do. The moment where I knew, OK, this is possible was when my partner said to me, this is what you should do. And and she supported me amazingly through all that, because as I've been building up the business, it hasn't been, a you know, I'm not a millionaire. I haven't made no. loads of money and I've had to spend on equipment and get stuff together. And um things are really starting to take off now. And I owe a lot of that. So, I I owe the impetus from her for that, but also the support along the way as well. So, uh, yeah. She she was
1: the final push. I'm glad she did. And I love that quote. I have heard that before. I think my dad told me that one one time. Oh, such a sweet story. I can't even remember my next question. I suck. what is your favorite thing about, about being a musician? Cause it's super different for everybody else. A lot of the times, and I'm sure it's not going to be your answer. It's the girls, which I find hilarious. Cause they're usually <laughs> like guys in like their twenties, early thirties. They're like the women. And I'm like, oh, okay. You'll, you'll change later. What is it for you? For, for me? <laughs> um, I, I love playing live.
2: I, mm-hmm. I always play live. That's great. If for some reason I couldn't play live anymore, I think I'd survive. um, I love uh, releasing music as well as an artist. Uh, If for some reason I couldn't do that anymore, I think I would survive. However, writing and recording those songs is where I feel the happiest. And it's that moment. And what you get from that, and I, I realized this yesterday, when you've written something and recorded it and somebody hears it, And they go, wow, that was so what I was thinking and feeling right now. It was so what I needed to hear. That moment when somebody else's heart gets what you were trying to put across, even if their story is different to yours, even if they take the song in a completely different direction and apply it to themselves, it's that moment where uh, you almost feel like you've changed something that day. And I'm a strong believer that music has this incredible power to it that, if I'm honest, I don't think anybody fully understands or appreciates. It has has the ability to make us cry. It can make us smile. It can make us feel uh, close to someone or something. It can stop us feeling alone. Uh, it, It can do all these amazing things and so us musicians who have been blessed with the ability to create it uh, are given that responsibility so if you have that ability i say do it if you don't it's an absolute waste you could be you
1: don't know whose
2: lives you're changing by that
1: one line and that's- it's so funny you say that because i always ask somebody about what is the advice you would give somebody who's who wants to solely do music who's really trying to focus what would you tell them is that what you would
2: Yeah, Um, I think that the secret to it is if you are 100 percent sure it's what you want to do, then let that be 100 percent of what you do. I understand people have to make a living and we've got to make ends meet. I I understand that completely. However, your your focus, I'm I'm a big believer uh, that it's the thinking that makes it so. So um, it was something that Henry Ford said or whether whether you. You know, whether you believe it's going to happen or don't believe it's going to happen, you're you're right, because it's the thinking that makes it. So. Um, So if you have that dream and that desire, uh, you have to focus on that and and make it make it happen by what you're thinking and make sure those thoughts are positive as well. Too too often we're focused on what we don't want. And guess what? That's what we get. So we're always going. Uh, I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to smoke. I don't want to drink heavily. Uh, I, I don't want to be lonely. We, we think about all these things that we don't want, and guess what? We have we end up with those things because that's what. Right. So you got all to, time. yeah, completely. So you got Absolutely. to flip that around. So you don't want to be overweight? Change it. I want to be healthy. I want to be fit and healthy. Uh, you you don't want to you don't want to smoke. OK, I want to have clear lungs. You know, you have to change that into something positive. So if somebody says to me, I, I want to do this, this is I want to take a music career. I'd be like, right, OK, start making plans, start having dreams and chase those dreams because dreams do come true. I believe the, there's only two reasons why they don't. One is you've given up on it. And mm-hmm. the second reason is you're just not ready yet. So just wait. Uh, But either way, you have have to pursue those dreams. And um, my second bit of advice, if somebody wants to be a writer, is write. You just got to write, 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 write. Just keep writing and you just get better and better.
1: It's sort of, I think people forget because we're told really, like you said earlier, we're told from such a young age, you have to have a backup plan. I I remember my best friend in middle school being like, oh, you want to be a musician? You're going to be poor forever. And like that (laughs) stuck. Yeah. And I ended up being poor as a waitress, but I'm miserable because I'm not doing music. So it's very interesting that that's your advice, because it's very true. It's 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 the power of thought. And talking about that sort of not really this is not the great most graceful change. Tell me about Standing United, because I personally really, really loved that song. I, I listened to it twice yesterday. What was the inspiration for that
2: so I started working with, uh, with a writer from Ohio called uh, uh, Kelly nider She She started sending me lyrics and we started working on stuff together. And her lyrics were always very direct, which wasn't something I tended to do with my own lyrics. I would often try and flower things up and just find mm-hmm. metaphors and all this stuff. And what I noticed about Kelly is she would write really direct lyrics. And a lot of the time – i have to no i don't have to a lot of the time i choose to soften them slightly because you want the music to reach people but you don't want it to slap them across the face no one wants to
0: be smacked no it's not nice
2: so obviously and i did feel that when when she gave me the first draft of those lyrics it was so it was so of the moment it was so what everybody is thinking all the all the horrible stuff that's been going on around the world, uh, but mm-hmm. for her, obviously, in, in America, um, all those horrible things that are happening, the the, the disunity, the, the the fighting, and all and all that stuff. Yeah, it's uh, been uh, rough. Yeah, and it's at a time when actually we all need to be pulling together, because for the first time in my lifetime, um, the 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 world has a common enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have something in common. Uh, because you know sometimes when there's wars uh, it involves two or three countries uh, and sometimes when there's viruses they involves a couple of countries or somebody has it but for the first time in my life um, this pandemic has been something that actually unites us all even though it's a problem it's horrible Yeah. yeah absolutely and so in that there has to be some some gold in that you know there has to be some way of us reaching out to each other and saying okay why are we fighting because right now we're in the same boat and if we keep fighting like this people are going to fall overboard and you know we're in the same boat so let's get on and that's what that song's about really standing united is this idea that we can moan and moan about what's going on in the world or we can stand up for the guy or the woman next to us and say come on We can get through this, but we're going to get through it together.
3: I can't breathe or debate, injustice coordinates this state. Regulate, separate, then overtake the lies someone else made. It's time to eliminate the
1: she wrote the lyrics and you just kind of softened them up or she, she, wrote, the first, she
2: wrote the first draft and okay. uh, quite often um when a lyric comes to me it, it doesn't always have a clear hook and it's the hook that's uh, there's, there's three things that a song needs uh, it needs a great drum track because that's what people mm. go to first
1: that's the drive mm-hmm. yeah
2: When when the drums, you know, when a song starts, the first thing we do before we sing, before we go for the lyrics, the first thing we do is we move and it's the beat. It's the groove that's making us do that. Uh, And when a lyric comes to me, it doesn't always have that groove. So I've got to put that in there. Uh, The second thing is the melody, because once people are moving to it, then they want to sing it. So it's got to be catchy. And then the third thing is, is having that lyrical kind of hook that makes people go back. And listen again and try and figure out what the message is so when 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 kelly sent me that it was kind of her pouring out onto the page what she was thinking and feeling yeah uh and it was in verse form but i i, I played around with it and um, when i do a co-write like that with somebody i'm a big believer that it's 50 50 no matter yeah. what no matter what input somebody has into it uh, if somebody you think does two percent well without that two percent it's a different song mm-hmm. um So uh, so, yeah. So then based on that and I know I've got a good lyric when I'm reading it and I'm already singing it. Yeah, that's what happened with that song.
1: What's your favourite part about performing live?
2: Performing live? Weirdly, I think it's the same thing that is my favourite thing about about producing the song as well. It's that moment when somebody in the audience you can yeah. physically see them connect with what you're doing. And the, the difference is live. You get to see it.
1: Yeah. You it's know? not a little tweet under a, a video. It's, yeah.
2: yeah. It's somebody it that stands up. And, and quite often, a lot of the gigs that I do um, for for financial reasons at the moment, mm-hmm well not at the moment obviously because we're, we're in lockdown but um a lot of the gigs that i do are majority cover songs because mm-hmm. that's the type of you know so people are there they're having a good time and it's that moment when you strike the first few notes of sweet home alabama and somebody stands up and goes way Your favorite song yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and it's that and i think that's what's different about recording writing and recording and then playing live with the writing and recording uh there's a delay to when you get a response back and sometimes you, you don't get a response back with some things. Whereas playing live, you get the response back straight away. Good or bad, but yeah. you get it straight away. And that's cool.
1: Yeah, and it's helpful because you're like, oh, I need to work on that. Or, oh, I need to do more of that. Yeah, that's nice. Also, actually, the other thing I like about
2: playing live, because I play with a band, uh, I teach in a school called uh, the, the Rock Project. And basically, we take kids from the age of seven to 17 mm-hmm. and we teach them a rock song every week. Uh, and then halfway so the session split into halfway through the session we all come back into the hall and we all play the song live together so they've just I love everything about that it's amazing (laughs) so I've got everything got got like seven year olds doing back incredible (laughs) awesome so i i actually joined that as a guitar tutor but then over the over the years ended up being the vocal tutor with with the rock project and and a little bit of guitar as well uh and that is that is kind of really brilliant thing it's a little bit different at the moment because we're um because we're having to do it online but we're still doing it so we still have a jam everybody mutes their videos and i play through the song and sing it through and everybody just joins in and um so it's uh it's kind of working and um I can't remember why I started telling you about that.
1: I don't remember either because I'm so I am so stuck on this. This. No, I'm it's crazy because I one of the things when we when we while we've here, we've opened back up. We probably shouldn't have.
0: We probably shouldn't have.
1: But we have a little bit like 50 percent. You know, my daughter is an artist and I used to look at her and, and I, I don't know if you're aware, but here in the States, losing the arts in schools is a really yeah, real yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, it varies in school district. Luckily, she's in a school district that's been OK. But um, I wanted to do like a benefit for keeping the arts in schools. So it's funny that you brought that up. I'll probably reach out to you later for ideas. Just side note, because it's super important God that must feel incredible to be part of that. Yeah, completely. It
2: is because you know, you're looking at, at youngsters like um, this 7-year-old doing back in black, you know, and and loving every moment of it. And you're thinking they could be they could be anywhere right now, especially the older ones maybe between sort of in the teens mm-hmm. uh, who are really struggling and yet they they join us every week uh, for that session even if it's online uh we had a little period before the end of the year where we could get together and play live again with social distancing and that was really really good um but it's that it's that thought that you don't know it's a bit like writing a song and sending it out you don't know 10 20 years from now which of those kids are going to turn around and go do you know what i'm so glad i did that rock project even if they're not doing music anymore because they'll be like it It got me through yeah it totally helped me realize how to cope with stuff I was able to focus. It taught me stuff that I would never have done otherwise. And I remember why I was telling you about that, actually.
1: Thank uh, you.
2: <laughs> myself and two of the other tutors, uh, Jody and Will, the bass player and the, and the drum tutor. Uh, we started a band called The Bassmen uh, and we just started doing local festivals and stuff like that. And basically we take the songs, majority of the songs that we do with the rock project because uh, we don't rehearse. So we we suggest the, the kids suggest a song and then each tutor at home learns it. And then when we arrive at the Rock Project session the next week, uh, we plug in and we play the song to the students for the first time. We've not played it together either. So oh, that's so much fun! It's, it's ace. So I decided let's take that to the road. So we don't. So I started this band with those two guys called the Basement, and um, we don't rehearse. We we only have played the songs before in the Rock Project and stuff like that, and uh, and then we play together. So the other thing that I really like about playing live, which I don't get in the studio. It's that moment in the song where you're playing all along the Watchtower, the Hendrix version, mm. and you go completely off piste and you decide, you know what, I'm going to do a slightly longer solo here because uh-huh. I don't get to do that a lot in the studio because it's all trying to make a three minute yeah. song. And the great thing about live is where you just move away from what the song originally was and just start jamming it. Ah, uh, That's something you don't really get in the studio. And I love that. I love that.
1: What is the craziest thing you've seen or done or remember while performing that like you will never forget?
2: Yeah. One of the crazy things that happened is I was playing. There's a I'm not sure if if, uh, uh, viewers in the state, uh, listeners in the States would know. There's a comedian over here uh, called Johnny Vegas. And uh, I do know that name. Yeah, He's done films. He's done comedy. Yeah. And he, he's he's awesome. He's really great. So I was playing at a food festival, uh, local to me, just about half an hour away from where I live uh, a couple of summers ago. And um, uh, so I, I was playing, and I just started playing this song. And then finished the song, and this voice from the and Johnny Vegas has got a very well, you know, recognised voice. This voice from the crowd just goes, You rock! Like this. And I looked <laughs> up, and there's like Johnny Vegas. And there's Johnny Vegas, and I'm like, Johnny Vegas, everybody. <laughs> and I said, hey Johnny, do you want to come up and sing a song? And then his face was almost like, no, I'm on holiday. I'm not supposed to be doing stuff. Uh, and I was like, and I was like, yeah, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. Anyway, I finished the next song, and the organizer of the event came to the side of the stage, and I thought, oh, here we go. They're going to cut my set short because I've ran over, or somebody else wants to play, and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. They come into the side of the stage, and they said, them, um, do you know American Pie? And I was like, yeah, of course I know American Pie. And she was like. Johnny says that if you do American Pie, he'll come up and sing it with you. And I was like, no. So I'm, I'm you know, we're, we're talking top tier stand up comedian, this guy. So um, if, you, if you think of, so I don't know, what, Eddie Murphy for the Americans, or, you know, just somebody who's up there. This uh-huh. is Vegas is that over here. So I'm like, awesome. So he comes up on stage. And uh, we do this uh, version of American Pie, which is absolutely hilarious. And um, do you know, the the weird thing is, I wasn't starstruck at all. I just got on with it. And it wasn't until I was driving home afterwards. And I, I suddenly went, I just sang on stage with Johnny Vegas. You're like, you know? holy shit. It was just that moment. Fortunately, it was captured on video. So it's up there on Facebook and it's got, more
1: views. It's got more
2: views than most of my uh, videos ever get. So. <laughs>
1: do you have any like recording stories that, that stick out in your head?
2: Something that I do want to mention, actually. Please um, do. It's connected to something that you said uh, a little while ago, actually. Um yeah. You were saying, how do we how do we help the arts and, and and develop that during the pandemic and things like that uh there's a there's an agency in the UK called help musicians they had this uh covid related uh projects that they were involved with and they were inviting musicians who who were struggling just to reach out and I, financially i i struggled and when it when we first oh, went into
3: because
2: i lost sure. my teaching i lost my gigs i could still produce and record demos so i was lucky that i still had a little bit i could do um so I reached out to help musicians and uh, they they actually helped out financially as well. They had this little pot, and you you apply for it. And I got a little bit of financial uh, backing as well, which was really good just to help tide me over. Uh, and then I got an email from them inviting me to join a songwriting retreat with Chris Difford. who is the songwriter in the UK band Squeeze. Now, Chris Difford is a winning songwriter. Uh, and I was like, wow, that's cool. How's that going to work? So I replied and said, Yeah, 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 totally want to do it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> so
2: it was an online retreat via Zoom, and uh, people from uh, all over the country and some from abroad as well joined this Zoom session. And I thought, Oh, it's going to be videos of Christopher just saying, Hey, if you want to be a good songwriter, do this. It wasn't. He was there in the room, chatted, we talked, and um, he gave us uh, assignments to do. And then we'd go away for a couple of hours and write something based on the assignment. He then paired us off uh, and we would do exactly the same. And I came out of that retreat. It was a week. So it was like five days. And I came out of it with six songs, you know, and it was, it was awesome. I'm still in touch with Chris now. He, he emails regularly and catch up and stuff. And that's, that's been absolutely brilliant. So massive thanks to Chris and massive, massive thanks to help musicians. Two of the songs (laughs) that I wrote on that course are gonna be featured on an album that Chris is gonna master at Abbey Road Studios in London. So that's gonna be amazing. So, so good things are happening.
1: I have not heard of this. Well, probably because I'm not, I'm not in the UK. But mm. I wonder if there that you know, and you never know who's listening. Yeah. And I wonder if there's something like that here. I know we have uh, Murph. It's the M- Musicians Emergency Relief Fund okay yeah. and they've been doing it for
2: for a long time and that is the thing like you know there's been a couple of a uh, couple of radio shows that that have put on um online festivals and stuff and asked if i would record a song or you know a couple of songs video for them to put on the festival and stuff like that and this is all stuff that you do free you know it takes yeah. time but the you know again you don't know what what effect that's going to have on on people and um I, I think the responsibility of musicians. It was interesting you said earlier about you know during this pandemic the, the arts are suffering. Ironically, uh what have people turned to during this time when they couldn't go to the pubs, they couldn't go to restaurants, they they couldn't go to yeah. the park. They sat at home, they read books, they watched films, and they listened to listen music. Listen to music. And I, and I know people. I know there are. I have to qualify that because there are people who have really really struggled because yeah, I
1: yeah, I financially especially. Yeah.
2: I felt this past year there have been so many benefits that have come and happened that wouldn't have happened without the pandemic because I would have been doing other stuff. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm also aware that that hasn't been the case for everybody. A lot no. of people really struggled, still struggling and, um, and, and trying to hold it together. But, you know, we've just got to, we've just got to keep going because we'll, we'll come through it. You know, that's, that's for sure.
1: Well, we, we can see the light now. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I think this is going to be a really good episode. Thank you. Bye
2: now.
0: All right, everyone. That was episode 21 featuring Paul DeMarco. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, the website for this podcast is soundpollutionpodcast.com. Our email address is soundpollutionpodcast at gmail.com. Do not forget to follow us on whatever platform you're listening to. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Sound Pollution on any of the social media platforms. Next week, I have Stacking Pennies. I want to thank everybody again for listening, for downloading. Super, super grateful. Get out there. Make some noise.